I'll go ahead and hit this recording. We're going to be starting at uh, setting Job 40. This is the second part, uh, letter B. <clears throat> and uh, hey, Brian. Pat. We need to start uh, like assigning tasks during announcements, and then we can just assign people that are not here. Uh, but no, uh, there, there's a verse in uh, Song of Solomon where I think it's the lady that describes her beloved as being altogether lovely. And uh, if, you, if you take that to be uh, Jesus Christ, it's a, uh, my beloved was a type of Jesus Christ. But when you think of being altogether lovely, there's, there's nothing... There's nothing that's not appealing about the Lord Jesus Christ, is there? I mean, uh, some people are drawn to His love, and He is loving, and uh, you know He's long-suffering, and we need people to be patient with us, right? And and uh, so, as we're looking at Job, there's a lot of things about the end times, and and uh, you know. Uh, even like a, a soldier, he's you know kind of militant. I mean, there's a militant side of Jesus Christ, right? He's he's coming back to rule and reign, and and so that's appealing to you know kind of a militant spirit. And 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 I I kind of identify with that more than you might think I would. You know, a certain amount of fight and a. Uh, uh, and uh, so anyway, as we're studying this, I mean. Uh, I obviously kind of bring out things that are appealing to me. Somebody else might teach Job a little different, but we've, we've brought up some things about the second coming of Christ. And uh, we, we said that uh, Behemoth in chapter 40, uh, it says that he, uh, he says something like, He's mighty among the beast and he's the chief of God's ways. And we, we said that uh, he's uh, typifies the Antichrist. And, uh, you know, chapter 41 is going to be all about Le- Leviathan. And Leviathan is... See, Jim, I didn't get that other that other microphone. It's on you still. I was just... I hear me drinking coffee. So, so, people online... Yeah. We're saying they couldn't hear me probably. Um, so I thought what we do is kind of get a little bit of a context... Uh, about uh, the second coming, and so what I gave you is kind of a, the premillennial view uh, order of prophecy, and I thought that would give some context to talking about the beast and the antichrist. And so there's six or seven or eight different things here under on your handout that, excuse me. I put a big word there in your first blank. The word apostasy is what I had you put in your first blank. And what does that word mean? What does that Yeah, to, to fall away. And we actually see that in first less let's all look at First Thessalonians. So this is a little bit 
kind of maybe backstory because we said that Job is a type of the Jew in the tribulation period. And so if we don't understand the tribulation period or things leading up to that, then it may not make as much sense. And I, I thought about doing this partly for like Jaime and Ara, but uh, they're not here today, but we'll we'll look at it anyway. So it's actually Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two. Yeah, my pages are stuck together. That's not good. And uh, Emma, would you read Second uh, Thessalonians chapter two? Second here. And uh, read verses 1 through 3. Yeah. Now we beseech you, brethren, on the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him, that ye be not seen shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come. Okay. And so in verse one that Emmett read, uh, it talks about the coming of the Lord and the gathering, our gathering together unto him. It's it's kind of the second coming is kind of in two parts. We say there's a rapture and then there's the coming of the Lord at the Battle of Armageddon. And uh, But it says there in verse 3 that Emmett read, and, and Pat was absolutely right, that uh, the day of the Lord shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And it it calls this Antichrist, the son of perdition. And that's a little phrase that uh, Judas Iscariot is also called, the son of perdition. <clears throat> it's only in our Bibles twice. Once here and once, I believe it's in John. So this, this apostasy, so letter A on your handout, a period of apostasy will precede Christ's second coming. And so things will not get better and better as... Uh, you, you may have heard taught. And in fact, uh, I know some some churches kind of believe in kind of an end times revival. And uh, I don't think necessarily that's so. We're, we're more in a period of gleanings. And uh, we used to have a combine called a, a gleaner. Did, was, that a, was that a Massey Ferguson or was it Alice Chalmers? Or? It was just a gleaner. It was just... Yeah. And... Uh, and you know uh, when, so some of this follows the uh, Jewish feast, 
there was a Christ said that uh, that he was the, the the firstborn. He was of the first fruits in First Thessalonians fifteen. He was the first fruits of them which slept. And so uh, early early church was kind of first fruits, and then you know we had uh, the Renaissance and and uh, you know the Reformation, and that's maybe more of the harvest. And we're kind of on the tail end. We're more of the Laodicean church age. It's more of the gleanings, and so we don't expect there'll be mass conversions. We hope that there will be. But here it says there's going to be a falling away, and, and so that's what we see by and large, isn't it? More of a fall away. And in fact, I uh, I made up a term. I was pretty proud of myself. This set, you'll, you'll like this. Uh, you've heard the term rhino, which is Republican in name only, right? And uh, uh, I thought of the word sino. It's Christian in name only because. I was telling our HBI class yesterday. Just, I feel like most Christians today don't even go to church. They're maybe they're Christian, maybe they're not. Uh, but it just seems uh, strange to me to forsake the assembling of yourselves together if you're truly born again. So, anyway, that's a little soapbox of mine. <clears throat> but uh, here. Uh, just in this, I wanted to give us this order of prophecy. That the letter B there is that the Lord will come, uh, will first come in secret for His own, and He will raise the dead saints and snatch away the living ones. And this event is commonly called what? The rapture. The rapture of the church. <clears throat> and. Uh, Let's look. We're here in Second Thessalonians. Let's go back a book to the left at First Thessalonians four. And uh, Tracy, you're somewhat new here, but uh, let, let me know if there's something said that maybe is new to you, or if you don't understand, we can uh, try to explain better. But uh, Pam, would you read for us there? Um, just read verse. First uh, Thessalonians four verse thirteen all the way to the end of that chapter. Four thirteen. Yeah. The dead in Christ shall rise. So uh, no, First Thessalonians four thirteen. Yeah, but that's what that's about. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Thank you, Pam. Uh, and where do we get the word rapture at in this passage? Caught up. Caught up. Good job. Yeah. And uh, that 
uh, it's actually from a, a Greek word. It's like a it's like rapchero in in the I'm sorry in the in the Latin is rapchero, but but it comes from this little phrase caught up. So uh, you you might have someone tell you that the word rapture is not in the Bible, and and that's true. But the phrase caught up is, and uh, you know we we were looking yesterday in the Song of Solomon where uh, you know uh, the lady's beloved is uh, like this. Uh, this deer on the mountains and it it calls her to come up to rise up and come away my love and uh, we, we said that that is kind of like a type of the rapture in the Old Testament and uh, we also know that Enoch is one that he's the seventh from Adam that he uh, walked with God and he was not for the Lord took him he he was essentially raptured he was translated uh, Hebrews 11 says and then you even see uh, in uh, Revelation 4 where that uh, <clears throat> he was in the spirit on the uh, he heard the voice saying come up hither uh, John did and uh, John is a type of the church and so he is caught up into the third heaven and uh, so anyway there's this the concept is even though uh, I mean the word millennium is not in the Bible the word trinity is not in the Bible but these are all truths and uh, concepts that are uh, true and taught in the Bible and so uh, the key when you think about the rapture is that Christ comes for his saints. That, that little word for, he comes to gather his saints together and we'll, we'll meet him in the air. And some people uh, believe that uh, that's, I think it's in Titus where it talks about the blessed hope. So that that is a blessed hope, isn't it, that we have. I mean, that, that's exciting, isn't it? I mean... You know, people wonder, uh, you know, is our clothes going to be up? Is our whole body going up? And there's a lot of maybe uh, conjecture how it's going to happen. But anyway, it, it happens. And then uh, following that, there'll be uh, a deception. God, God actually gives uh, a deception for those that are that are left. And so we wonder, you know, what that might be. And so anyway, these are all things soon to come to pass. I think it's good to mention. And then. Uh, letter C there it says that a seven year tribulation period will ensue on the earth or on earth when the antichrist or the beast will rule and so that's kind of where this uh, study of Job uh, comes in because uh, it talks about behemoth and he is one of the beasts and uh, he's a land animal, and so Le- Leviathan is more of a water creature, and so the the beast is more of the land creature, and the Leviathan is more of a water creature, and they're both kind of symbolic of the devil. And so uh, God describes uh, things to Job that uh, kind of picture for us things that are yet coming. So it's kind of wow. And then letter D. 
this is Christ will then appear from heaven openly with his own to overthrow the Antichrist and the armies at the Battle of Armageddon. So we uh, we've heard of you know the apocalypse, the Battle of Armageddon, and things like that, and, and so that will happen at the end of the tribulation period, and that's when Christ comes on a white horse with his armies, and uh, we will be part of that. So the rapture, he comes for his own. The second coming, he comes with his own. So those are kind of a couple distinct even. And uh, I didn't put it on here, but really uh, the judgment seat of Christ happens in heaven with us while the seven-year tribulation period is happening here on the earth. So... So we will, uh, Christians will be at the judgment seat of Christ while tribulation is happening. So we believe that, uh, you know, Thessalonians says that we are not appointed to wrath. And that's what the tribulation period is. It's a time of God pouring out His wrath on planet Earth. And so it seems like, uh, those things are soon to come. Um, maybe Jim will touch on more. I've heard a lot about your Arab guy in the news lately, the Salomon. Yeah, MSB. The Salomon guy. Yeah. Well, one thing I think is neat with the second coming, he comes a second time just like he came the first time. He's privately revealed to his family, then he's publicly revealed. Okay. Jews. So the second time he comes privately for us. Okay, I hadn't. I've heard that, and I haven't always put it all together. Yeah, he came privately to his disciples and his family. They so he came as a baby. Transfiguration and the mountain, all that, and then private or public with everybody. So he's doing the same thing when he comes the second time. So the rapture's privately for his own. For us. Okay. No, that's. I'm glad you added some color to that because. It's easy to remember that way because it's easy. He does everything consistent. As you know. Yeah. Well, I, I have to hear things two or three times before I can make it my own and communicate it back, you know. Somewhere it says that which was is that which shall be. Yeah, it's the same Thessalonians. What do you say? Yeah, MSB of the Muhammad bin Salman for India. Yeah, he's he's always he's a key player in a lot of this stuff. Huh. Well, I know he's trying to grant women more equal rights yeah. under Islam, and he's a good guy. Huh. Such a good guy. <laughs> and he, I think he's even meeting with meeting with that Benjamin Netanyahu. Yeah, he does. He's trying to arrange secret uh, negotiations between Palestinians and Israel. And work out peace. Oh, yeah. he's, he's just a good guy. Huh. Huh. Yeah, so there's things in the news even even now. He's a Muslim, but he's he meets with the Catholic Church, he's met with the Pope several times. Okay. He's a big art collector and he collects art from all these different faiths and a lot of very religious huh. artifacts. Yeah, he's, he's a champion of women's rights. Yeah. Kind of peace. peace. Well, I watched that interview with Benjamin Netanyahu, and he spoke very favorably of him, and he was confident we can yeah. work out peace. And yeah. a, I don't know if it was a two-state solution or what he was saying, but anyway, it's, it sounded pretty monumental. 
All right, so we are on letter E. so this will start Christ's thousand year or millennial millennium reign at Jerusalem and, and that's what Revelation 20 says that we will rule and reign uh, with him and uh, so th- this is a pretty that's a pretty powerful thing that uh, this is you know the curse will be lifted the lion will lay down with the lamb and we've got a lamb here in the house today, don't we, Jim? Yeah, Sherry took it. Oh, Sherry took it. I already took him to class. So they've got a class they're teaching about the lamb this morning, but uh, it says that the child shall uh, play with the serpent and uh, the adder will not bite him. And So, uh, anyway, that that's something to look forward to. I mean, we, we have you know thorns and thistles out here. We're always trying to kill the weeds and and uh, so planet earth uh, Christ that, that'll be a time where the Bible actually says that no man shall tell another man uh, here is Christ for all shall see him it, he'll, he'll be here physically on earth for this thousand years and so we don't need to witness during that time because he will be ruling and reigning from Jerusalem because uh, at his second coming it says his feet shall stand on the on the Mount of Olives I believe it is and and the mount is split and uh, so we meet him in the air but physically he'll come and his feet will be on the mount of olives it says in Zechariah <clears throat> and so uh, anyway there's a lot uh, some, some call that the kingdom age because Christ says that his his apostles will be sitting on twelve thrones judging the uh, nation of Israel Hey, Kevin. Grab a hand out there, brother. And then letter uh, F. Uh, it says, At the end of the millennium, Satan will be loosed for a season and lead a short-lived rebellion before being defeated and cast into the lake of fire. So if, if you know, during the millennium, the... Uh, Satan, or uh, yeah, Satan will be bound for that thousand years. But at the end of the thousand years, he'll be loosed, and he has quite an influence because he. It says the multitudes will come against uh, the Lord at Jerusalem, and and that's where he consumes them with fire and and cast into the lake of fire. And uh, and then letter G. It says, this event marks the end of time. Uh, Satan's crushing defeat will be followed by the resurrection of the wicked and their judgment at the great white throne. So there's, there's a great white throne judgment uh, as eternity uh, continues. So... Yeah, we, we talked about that right before you came, Kevin. Um but anyway, I, I wanted to list out this kind of order of prophecy. I mean, I like to hear and think about prophecy and, and you know... In fact, I just read in my Bible reading in Chronicles where the men of Eskar, they had understanding of times to know what they should do. And, and I thought that was good. And when I, when I listened to somebody... Uh, teach uh, the book of Revelation they said you know what we believe about the future should impact how we live today and I think that's so it it is applicable even though it's 
you know, hindsight's a little more 2020, but uh, the future uh, is less visible. But we can uh, know, kind of, I think, at least the skeleton of coming events, and it should. Make us mindful. You know, we've probably all got lost loved ones and co-workers, and uh, so it should give us a burden. We went to uh, AMC Theater yesterday, Jim. I told you, and there was a lady and her little girl in front of, and and, you know, the lady's checking their tickets, and this little girl just wants to show the ticket lady her dolly. It's like, yeah, she's she's describing. I'm thinking, well. It's because she loves this little dolly and she's wanting to tell people about it. I just thought, there's a little good example of evangelism right there. <laughs> this lady's just trying to scan tickets and this little girl's telling her all about her dolly. So, And then I gave you a uh, little chart there about the three views of the millennium. I forget. I mean, I kind of... I mean, I feel like I know our position well, but... Uh, there is a post-millennialism that Christ's second coming uh, isn't until after the millennium. The millennium is brought in by the church converting the nations. And that's that kind of comes from a Matthew uh, 24, I believe, where it says that uh, all nations uh, shall hear of him. Uh, I'm kind of butchering that a little bit. But, okay. That more people on this earth have heard of Google than they have Christ. Wow, that's probably correct. Huh. Yeah. yeah. And Google's only been around for a few short years, and huh. they're around for two thousand. Hmm. Yeah. 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 No, that's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Pam. So I'm trying to think uh, what churches may be post-millennial. Um, I'm guessing there's several of them, but it is kind of a mindset that things are going to get better and better, uh, and and that after we've told all the nations of Christ, then he'll come back. and So that's more of a post-millennial view. And then the all-millennial is, means that Christ's second coming is without reference to any literal thousand-year kingdom. The kingdom was initiated uh, at his first coming. So, so they don't believe that there will be a literal thousand-year reign of Christ. And then the premillennialism, that's the view we have, is that Christ's coming is before the millennium. The king brings in the kingdom with him. It is the only one that is not anti-Semitic. And so uh, that view takes into consideration the distinction between the church and Israel. And then I put a note there that it has been observed by scholars that interpreting Scripture as literally as possible leads to a dispensational or premillennial view of Scripture and prophecy. So, anyway, I know that's a lot and maybe deeper than we wanted to think about this morning. But it's kind of helpful to me and hopefully it ties in a little bit with Job and this beast uh, because uh, behemoth 
is uh, that word behemoth is plural and so it's kind of a plural beast and that's what uh, Daniel and uh, Revelation describe I think it's like a bear, a leopard, and an eagle or something like that it's kind of a multi-beast all in one and that is so this I mean we believe that behemoth was a literal uh, animal uh, and as best uh, could exhibit Job as this coming beast. So let, let's let's look at Job chapter forty now. And it's a relatively short chapter, but we 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 made it in two parts here. And let's read. Uh, Tracy, do you want to read verse fifteen for us? Are you in Job forty? Behold now, the heinous which I measure the eater crust as an ox. Okay, so there, there's the word behemoth. And so God is saying to Job, you know, consider or behold this, this beast. And God made it, and that he eats grass as an ox. And so we we talked about how that uh, grass, the Bible says that all flesh is as grass. And uh, in fact, I, I gave you a couple more blanks on your handout. I think we may have gone over some of these last time. Satan as a serpent was cursed like cattle. So we... Uh, you know, when we use the term cattle, we know that that means more than one, don't we? Yeah. And uh, in the Bible, sometimes cattle even describes sheep and goats. It's it's like livestock. And uh, so this behemoth is a plural animal. And uh, it's, it was interesting when the devil was cursed, it says that he was going to crawl on his belly and eat dust. But it compares him to cattle. Even there in Genesis 3.14 I put. And then uh, we thought it was interesting that uh, that all flesh is as grass. And that uh, this beast devours. And uh, I said this on Friday night, just how you know the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy, doesn't he? And... And... Uh, I think we even looked last time at the reference in Ephesians for for no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but he nourishes it. But there is a time in the tribulation period where the people that are worshiping the Antichrist, he destroys his own. He he devours his own people. He allows them to be slaughtered. And so we, we don't think like that. We have a natural, hopefully we have a natural love and care. We don't want to see people hurt or injured we would want to care for them but the devil does want that he does want to kill you and destroy you and your family and your children and everything you have and and that's what he was trying to do to Job wasn't it he he killed every uh, you know allowed all his possessions to be stolen and servants to be killed and children to be killed and it was just mass destruction we we don't know how wicked the devil is Sometimes, I think in our sense, it's more he wants to just destroy our testimonies mm-hmm. right. and our walk with God. Absolutely, yeah. He can't cast you into hell now that you're saved, but 
He can destroy your testimony. He can steal your joy and uh, kill your relationship with the Lord. And so, yeah, he sometimes does it subtly, and sometimes it's more outright. Uh, and anyway, uh, I put a note there. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he was cursed and lived like a beast and ate grass in Daniel four. And then it says in verse sixteen, uh, Mary, would you read forty sixteen? Now his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of your your core, your loins, and your navel, and uh, <clears throat> that's one thing I think we brought up last time that uh, in the martial arts and uh, the Orient is more focus on core and your your stance and strength so that's kind of the you know even your 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 quadriceps are your your largest muscles in your uh legs the top of your legs and so anyway uh, his strength is in his loins and it says in verse 17 uh pat do you want to read there franny you got your bible I have Mary's. <laughs> you have Mary's? You want to read verse 16? So 17. 17. Yeah. He moved his tail like a figure. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. Mm hmm. So this uh, tail, so, uh, you know, he's describing some uh, probably extinct animal. At this time, it's a, a land creature, and we gave some pictures there of some dinosaurs that have this huge tail. So, you know, some translations translated hippo, a hippopotamus, but the tail of a hippo is not like a cedar, so that's probably not it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's just. Uh, Again, mentioning his core and descriptive of this animal, and then and then look at uh, verse eighteen, Pat. As his bones are, are as strong pieces of brass, his bones are like bars of iron. Yeah. And so several times here. Uh, several times in the Bible, uh, brass and iron are mentioned together. And so, uh, so sometimes it's in uh, judgment. <clears throat> and uh, read the next verse there too, Brian. I want to make a comment that will tie these together. He is the chief of the way of God. He that made him will make this Lord to approach us together. Yeah, so... So what do you think of when you think of sword there? I'm thinking of the Garden of Eden. Okay. The sword that, uh, you know, from the east to the west. Oh, the uh, cherub that had the flaming sword. Yeah. Okay. That does tie in. The Word of God. Yeah, you're thinking of the Word of God, aren't you? That that is, I mean, that's when Christ comes back. He... Uh, smites the nation with the word of his mouth and yeah, the tongue is like a sword yeah absolutely 
And you know, uh, some of you, see if anybody can quote the uh, Hebrews 4.12, that uh, the Word of God is sharp as... Yeah, go ahead. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder... I think it mentions the word bones too. Is why. I, I think. I know. I, it's kind of off the cuff there, wasn't it? For, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, I guess it says joints instead of bones. But um, anyway, this behemoth. It's chief of the ways of God, so it's a description of Satan because he is the anointed cherub that covereth. And uh, some think that means maybe the first of his ways, and that probably is one of the first of his creations. Satan is a created being, unlike Christ. And it says that uh, the sword can approach. So if you're going to, if you and I are going to get victory, isn't that what Christ did when He was tempted in the wilderness? Yeah, Every time is as it is written, as it is written. And so He used the Word of God to uh, overcome. Uh, he resisted the devil, and it says that the devil departed from him in uh, Luke four and Matthew four. And so, anyway, I think there's just a great lesson there for all of us. If we're going to get victory, uh, not over the beast or the Antichrist, but just the temptations that we face, it's going to be with the Word of God. And uh, as it is written. And so, uh, hopefully, as we study the Word, hopefully it makes us more hungry for the Word. Because I know there's a lot here. Uh, okay, on the back page of your handout, uh, verse 20. Uh, Kevin, can you read 4020? Yeah. What was the blank? Did I leave you a blank? Yeah, this is the word of the word of God. Surely the mountains bring him forth food where all the beasts of the field play. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, on the top of your back page, yeah, uh, Behemoth is the chief of the ways of God. That's a that should be reference, not reverence to Satan. I messed that up, didn't I? Yeah. Man, get some devil thing going. So that should be reference. And uh, so Behemoth is a symbol of the most powerful beast. Only the sword can approach him. So the word sword goes in your blank. The sword is the word of God. It says that uh, at least those two times. And and you, you know physically in the Old Testament, you know Joshua and others when they when they battled, it was it was with the sword. And so just just like they got victory with the sword physically, we get victory with the sword spiritually. And then this uh, mountains in verse 20 that Kevin read. Uh, 
And I haven't really checked this out. This is just from a commentary I was looking at. It says mountains prophetically refer to nations. And I think that is uh, true in Revelation. Um, And then in verses 21 and 22, uh, Jim, can you read those? Twenty-one, twenty-two. He lieth under the shady trees in the covert of the reed and fence. The shady trees cover him with their shadow. The willows of the brook compass him about. Okay. And so I, I don't know everything there, but uh, you know, shady. We talk about shady people. <laughs> yeah. So. Shady lane. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin lives on Shady Lake. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that directly says the the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Yeah, that's as good as you're going to see it there, isn't it? That's part of the armor of God. That's partly what uh, our brother James talked about here two two weeks ago. So very good, Sherry. Well, you had it down. Okay, I'm just tired. No, no. I'm just we needed that though for bad Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no problem. Uh, so trees in the Bible we know refer to people. Uh, so trees cover him with their shadow, and uh, and don't miss in verse twenty where it says where all the beasts of the field play. So it it just it describes that's where Behemoth is one of the beasts, uh, and uh, so the, with the trees they uh, cover him with their shadow. And the willows of the brook, so he's abiding near water. And then uh, 23, uh, Sherry, do you want to read that one? Behold, he drinketh at the river, and hasteth not. He trusteth that he can draw up Jordan into his mouth. He taketh it with his eyes, his nose pierceth through snares. You know, let's look at... uh, so behemoth can drink up Jordan into his mouth. So that's a pretty wild statement. Wow. You think about Revelation. Well, let's look at the one in yeah, and, and Euphrates, uh, Revelation 12. Let's look at that because this is where like a a flood comes out of his mouth. So he drinks it up, and then in Revelation he spews it out. So Revelation 12. In fact, uh, Belinda, I'll let you read. Those 12 and 13 of, I'm sorry, Revelation 12 and verse 15 and 16. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Yeah, so here's this dragon, and uh, in verse 9, it it says that that dragon uh, is the old serpent called the devil and Satan. So, uh, 
I don't know if you ever thought of this. Just, uh, just the word devil. Uh, you know, the devil is just one letter different than evil, and God is just one letter different than than good. Yeah. Even in even in the the word itself, is just kind of cool to think about those things. But yeah, so behemoth is drinking up this. It, it's dwelling by the brook, but it's drinking up the Jordan. And here it's. Uh, and I, I don't know exactly what that is. If it's a literal flood. In verse 15 that Belinda read, uh, water as a flood after the woman. But he's he's trying to. But it says the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood. So. And, and, and there are times when water is a type of people. Yeah, well, maybe that's yeah that's in chapter 17. Yeah, the waters are multitudes of people. Yeah. So maybe it's symbolic, maybe it's literal. Like I said, it's a little easier to see 2020, you know, from history, but it's not as easy going forward. And in any case, it's not a hippopotamus or an elephant. Yeah. That other translations try to make. Right, right, for sure. Not more going on. There is definitely. You said that Leviathan is is a sea creature. Yeah. Outer spaces like the sea. Yeah. And then Bohemian is a beast. More the land animal. And and there in verse thirteen it says he's a dragon, which is the dragon is like Draco. Yeah. You know. And yeah. and it said, Behold the, the devil has come down into Yeah. So he comes down yes. and he starts to dwell here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And they have like Orion and then uh, the ladies and that's the church. Horus of her. Uh, horse is supposed to be a form of the It's the bull. It's the bull, yeah. So anyway, uh, it's... So there's there's something more going on in Job 40 than just a historical animal. Yeah, and it's not just mythology. There's uh, you know pro- prophecy to it. And then uh, the verse 24 that uh, Sherry read, it says there at the end, it says his nose pierceth through snares. And uh, we're going to see that uh, even about, in fact, if you look at verse 1 and 2 of chapter 41, uh, canst thou draw out Leviathan with an hook? It's kind of rhetorical. In other words, no. Uh, or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down. Canst thou put an hook into his nose or bore his jaw through with a, horn, a thorn? And even uh, verse 3, will he make many supplications unto thee? Will he speak soft words unto thee? So this is, again, more than an animal, but it's uh, a, a, a sea creature that's speaking. You know, are you going to be able to talk to this animal? And will he listen and uh, answer you softly? And so, no, the, the devil will not uh, do that. <clears throat> 
And so I gave you just uh, a 16-fold uh, description of Behemoth on your handout. That he eats grass like an ox. His strength is in his loins. His force is in his belly. His tail is like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are strong as pieces of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. He is the chief of the ways of God. He can be killed uh, by the sword of God. He feeds upon the mountains. He lies under shady trees. He lies in the reeds and fens. He feeds in the willows of the brook. He drinks a great amount of water. He is a slow-moving creature. Man cannot take him off guard or take him in a snare. So he... He can't be trapped, uh, so we do well to just, you know, even uh, whenever in in the book of Jude, when uh, the, Michael the archangel was confronted by, uh, I think it's by uh, Satan, wasn't it, that uh, about the, contend about the body of Moses. He says something like, you know, the Lord rebuked thee. So he, even Michael the arch, archangel didn't take on. Uh, the devil himself he he said the Lord rebuked thee so that that's where our authority is that's where our strength is it's in the Lord it says that a man can't take him off guard or with a snare in order for a man to even try to do that they would have to be seeking him hmm yeah yeah and so it yeah I had I had a friend that he tried to do a lot of study on the devil and and, and our pastor told him that that, that was not wise. It would be better to you know study the things of God and focus on Him. And just like people would study you know genuine uh, money instead of people don't really study counterfeits. If they if they study true bills, then they'll catch the counterfeit more easily than. If you just spend your life trying to study the devil, that's pretty dark stuff. Uh, Satan does everything he possibly can to get your mind going in a direction towards him. Mm-hmm. That's true, Franny. You really have to watch out for that. Yeah. Because that can trip you up. Yeah, and so yeah, the battles for your mind. That's that's true. Well, both uh, both uh, Satan and Christ both create stumbling blocks for you, but they're different hmm. in opposite ways. Yeah, yeah, the Lord will stumbling block for good to stumble upon. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Well, he's the cornerstone. Yeah. Yeah. The chief cornerstone. Yeah. Um, so my teaching point here was just that only Bible believers can identify who or what this plural beast is. Uh, God is not describing some mythological monster that has no meaning. Rather, He's showing us. I meant to say characteristics uh, or the characters in the upcoming tribulation period. So that's uh, right at. Uh, at the end of Job's tribulation himself, God is revealing some things. And so then I gave you just some uh, prerequisites to understanding Leviathan. And it says that there's 186 questions in the last five chapters of Job. So I thought that was interesting. 
And God asked 184 of them. Uh, Job asked the other two. I think, uh, let's see, I think we'll see one. Yeah, uh, so Job 40 in verse 4. Uh, Job asked the question. He says, "Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee?" Question mark. And so he asked. So Job asked a couple of questions here. And uh, so uh, we got about ten minutes here. Let's look up a couple of these. Under letter A, uh, defining Leviathan. So Leviathan has multiple heads. It says in the word Leviathan. Leviathan is a little easier to uh, define or interpret because it's in the Bible several times. But let's see, uh, Angie, we're up to you. Can you read? Can you get to Psalm seventy-four, seventy-four, fourteen? Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces. And gave us him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Yeah, so uh, he has break us the heads of Leviathan. And you see that some in Revelation where there's a beast with seven heads and or ten heads and seven crowns or something. Uh, and then it says that God uh, broke broke them and gave us him to meet to the people inhabiting the wilderness. So this also kind of ties in with the tribulation because God's people that inhabit the wilderness will feed on him. So that that's pretty uh, cool about Leviathan. That's kind of like back in Israel too. Yeah. Yeah, the wandering in the wilderness. And yeah, I think Psalm 107 maybe says that God gave them the means of the lust yes. and desire. Even when they come out of Exodus, or when they come out of Egypt, like they got all the jewels and everything from people in Egypt. They got the, the wealth. What else were you going to say, Pat? No, I was just saying, you know, it's funny how they desire, they lust, and then he gave them what they wanted. But then here it says it's the devil. You know how God can allow them to have the way they want to run. Good, he will give the overture to reprobate mine. Kind of goes back to what you said about you know, studying evil. You get, you get what you focus on. Yeah, yeah. If, if you reject There's certain prayers that are prayed, like when people are in sin, that they, they pray for the devil to feed upon their flesh. Yeah, what were you thinking, uh, Belinda, about being given over to a reprobate mind? The Lord will call you so many times, and then He will give you over to a reprobate mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you reject you your whole life, you can you see God working in your life, yeah. doing things, and you continually don't acknowledge Him. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Well, and Ezekiel says that too. He answers according to the idols of our heart. And uh, so, let's look at Isaiah 27. This is another time that Leviathan is mentioned. Gives us some more insight. So he has multiple heads, and uh, God's people feed on him in the wilderness. And uh, Emmett, we're going to be back to you, brother. Uh, Isaiah 27:1. And I, I, 
I may cover some of this again next week. We'll get into Job 41. Yeah, and that's what Pat was talking about. Uh, so Leviathan is a crooked serpent and a dragon, and, and we've seen that that is the devil and uh, Satan. Does anybody know what uh, the word Satan means? It, it's real. I do think, yeah, maybe devil's deceit, but he's the accuser of the brothers. He's the accuser, and so, so this Leviathan that is slain as a dragon in the sea, and so he's more of a water creature. And he is defined. So, so when we get into 41, we're definitely going to be talking about the devil and Satan. And so, go to Job 41, and and we'll end with this verse here, uh, right at the end of Job 41. And uh, Pam, would you read that one? What's the verse? Uh, Job 41 and verse 34. He beholds all high things. He is the king over all the children of pride. Yeah, so the word, I had to put the word pride in there. And so uh, that was his downfall. It says he was lifted up because of his beauty. And uh, he was uh, had uh, magnificent in wisdom or something like that. And uh, I was thinking about that this morning, even uh, just our own heart. You know, life issues, our, our theme verse is to, to keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And I think that's good counsel for all of us. Because, you, you know, we're, we're to be, uh, you know, I work in maintenance. So when it, when it says, you know, keep thy heart, it has to do with maintenance. And, you know, you, you and I have all. I think everyone in here has made a profession of faith. We got saved. But uh, it's kind of like a job. It's easy to get a job. It's harder to keep a job, isn't it? So it's easy maybe to get saved. But once we're saved, you know, we don't have to keep our salvation. I'm not saying that, but we need to keep our heart protected, don't we? There's a protection, a a certain amount of maintenance. And, uh, you know, I think it's 1 Corinthians 8 that talks about you know, we're to be stewards of the mysteries of God, but we're really also to be stewards of our heart. We're stewards. We should keep our heart with all diligence, and it takes work, doesn't it? We have to be on guard. We have to be in the Word. It's uh, you know, that's our theme verse for the year: is to be diligent to know the state of our flock, right? But we are also to keep our heart with all diligence. There's a diligence, and it says that uh, the diligence shall bear rule. I think it's the hand of the diligence shall bear rule in Proverbs. And so, uh, if you're going to, uh, you know, uh, if we don't rule our own heart, we're like the city that's broken down without walls. And so, there's, as we rule our own heart, we need to, you know, put up some protection and boundaries. And my teaching point here was just that. Uh, 
Job is or God is pointing Job to the source of his woes by this uh, this Leviathan and beast uh, behemoth. So anyway, those are uh, just some thoughts. Anybody else have any thoughts before we close today? Glad you're here. Uh, we will pick up Job 41 next week. We'll probably make it in two parts as well. And then we'll maybe uh, do a Job 42 and then probably a wrap-up. So we only got about four more lessons. And then, uh, Lord willing, uh, Jim will teach some about the tabernacle. And um, I'm really thinking about doing uh, a study of Second Corinthians as our next book to cover. We'll get into the New Testament. And it's more about ministry. And a lot of us are involved in ministry. And so I think Second Corinthians may be a good book to maybe what I'm kind of planning for 2024. But we'll probably start in November, December, whenever... Jim's done with tabernacles. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's pray, and uh, we'll be dismissed to main service. Lord, we do come to you in prayer, and Lord, uh, we uh, think about uh, Job and the things discussed today of maybe futuristic, and we also reflect on uh, things past, and we're trying to compare Scripture with Scripture and uh, make sense of things that uh, you told Job. And the Lord, we do thank you for your words. Thank you for these questions. And Lord, it stirs our heart uh, to know you better and to know your word more. We can only approach uh, the enemy with with the sword. We, that's the only only tool. And so, Lord, we we try psychology or counsel from friends, and we we uh, get ourselves in messes. Lord, but help us to look to you. Help us to be men and women of prayer. Help us to be uh, steadfast and diligent to keep our heart with all diligence. Help us to uh, have patience like uh, Job. And uh, Lord, uh, bless each person here for having been here. And uh, those that are online, we lift them up in uh, prayer and uh, help them with any uh, un- uh, unspoken prayer requests. And the Lord be with us in the uh, remainder of this next service. Pray for your servant Brian as he brings a message. Help us to be attentive. And uh, Lord, we love you and uh, praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I recorded it.